We back again with another episode of our Two Cents Podcast. I am Dergo BJ. You can follow me at Dergo BJ on all social media. And to my immediate right is Mona Lissa. That's M-O-H-N-A-L-Y-S-S-A-A. And I can be found on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> we back again with another episode and I'm checking this temperature to my right, and it's a little steamy on this side of the goddamn room. So, I'm going to let you start off. Let us know, like, how you been? Like, what's going on with you? How your life? <laughs> all I got to say is, niggas just going to need. Right? That's all I got. Niggas going to need. You know? What's Nobody going wants to give me a break. Nobody wants to think logically. Why do I always have to... Check a nigga. I don't understand this. <laughs> I mean, are there any thirsty for this? <laughs> okay, so my first question as a nig is how did we nig in this particular instance that you know, created this every, attitude? I'm just saying, like, okay, let me just start yesterday. So, no, 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 let's go back to Thursday. So, you know, I predominantly have my daughter, right? Mm -hmm. And um, her dad sends me a text because she has ballet every Saturday morning. And I pretty much get up and take her because he works Saturday mornings. So Thursday evening or afternoon sometime, he texts me and says, Hey, I might be able to go ahead and take her to ballet class this Saturday. I'll let you know tomorrow. I'll know for sure. Um, Tomorrow, which will be Friday. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. Friday come, don't hear nothing. So by the time I get off Boston, well, I ain't heard from him all day, so I'm just picking her up. We going home, and he ain't going to take her, you know. Well, she texts me, so I said, well, let me ask him and see if you're going to stay or not. Go ahead and text him, and he's like, what? What you talking about? You said you came to me. Mm. You came to me and told me you wanted her, and you were going to take her to class. And he was like, oh, well, let me check with my wife and see if she's willing to keep her for a few hours until I get home from work. Oh, okay. So just hold tight. Mind you, I'm still just sitting in my car in the parking lot of my job because I don't know which direction I'm supposed to be going in. Right. After about 10 minutes, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to start driving. Um, And then after I get to a certain point, I'm just going to pick her up, you know, because I don't have time for this waiting game. So, I get all the way to the house. No, I just told him, I text him and say, you know, don't worry about it. I'll just get her because I didn't hear nothing from him or nobody. And it takes me 45 minutes to get from my job to their house where they stay Mm -hmm. to pick her up. I got all the way to the house, pulled up in the driveway, and she comes out and said, well, daddy texts, uh, you know, my stepmom and told me I could stay. Wasn't nobody going to tell me that before I got here? <laughs> I burned all this gas to come over here. Wasn't nobody going to tell me that before I pulled up? <laughs> so now I'm hot. Well, then how you going to get your, your ballet stuff? It's back at the house. You know what? He going to have to come get it. You can stay right, here. Right. He going to come pick it up. That's not even a part that got me hot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yesterday, halfway into, I guess, her being in her ballet class, um, I get a text. Now, this is a pet peeve of mine. If you're sending a text, 
just say, say your piece. State your piece in the text, and I will respond when I get a moment. Right. He likes to say, hey, got a question. Wait on me to acknowledge that before he state his piece. So he could have sent that 30 minutes out, and he really oh, sitting man. there waiting on, hey. Got a question. <laughs> I could have. Really? Okay, right. so anyway. So I go ahead and I'm like, hey, what's up? I do the question mark, actually, question, question, question mark. He sends me this litany of an issue. You want to know what his problem is? What is it? He says, so we on our way into this ballet class. There's a dollar on the ground that I see. I tell Maya, go ahead, grab that. That's yours. You got to let it dry. She gets excited like, yes, I got $91 now. He like, $91? Where you get $91 from? She said, well, I got 10 from my aunt and 80 from, um, I'm not going to say no names. We're just going to say T. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn. Which is That's a hell of a my allowance. <laughs> you know, that's a hell of a allowance. Dude. So, he automatically gets upset. Mind you, the $80 was for her birthday. Mm -hmm. That was a present for her to get some shoes, some new shoes, some new gym shoes. Right. So, I had already been talking about getting her new shoes because, you know, kids grow. Mm -hmm. She's 10 years old now, sprouting. So, what she was wearing at the beginning of the school year, she is now damn near outgrown. Right. So, he was like, hey, for her birthday, I'll just provide the shoes, you know, get the money so she can get whatever shoes she wants. $80. She's been holding on to it and... Now he's like, well, dude don't need to be giving my daughter no $80. And she ain't never, especially if she ain't ever asked for no shoes, he don't need to be giving her no shoes. I provide what she need. I already bought her a pair of Vans. And she just told me yesterday that she outgrew her Nikes. And I'm going to swing by there after this class and personally hand him his money back because I don't need nobody buying shit for my kid. Pause. With a whole fucking wife at home. Okay. Mm. Yeah, there's some nigga shit here. All right. <laughs> I'm so steamed. I'm trying to remain my composure. I accidentally called the wrong number. I called his parents' house by accident. And so, you know, after I did away with them, you know, talked to them for a hot right, little two right. seconds, then got back to him. Called the right number, got a hold of him. And I told him, you know, you're taking offense on something that you don't even need to take offense on. Now, what if I have a nigga sitting here who not doing shit for her? Then you're going to have a problem. Right. How is this any different from your wife providing her what she need? Do you see me complaining? How dare she do my daughter's hair? How dare she buy her dinner? How dare she buy her new tights for school? Right, right. I sound like a goddamn fool if I was to do that. I don't care who, what, where, how, how or why. If I ain't got to do it, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Really it takes a village, right? Right. Thank you. <laughs> Damn. No complaints. You mad because somebody was thoughtful enough to buy her some shoes or provide her with the money to get what she need? Yeah. Or is this more of an issue of he was able to do something you weren't able to do in that particular moment? Niggas gonna need. Yeah. I, I think that I think that ultimately is the biggest issue when you have to somewhat acknowledge the fact that like she got somebody, I got somebody and 
even though we not together no more, we still don't want to be outdone by the new person. It's it's something very tedious. You got a wife, a whole fucking wife and a newborn baby. But you know that we do understand that marriage as of lately has been more of an arrangement than an actual investment of love into another person. You I don't know. give okay. I don't know the details of their situation. If it's built on love or built on whatever else, that's neither here nor there. Because at the end of the day, we're talking about a child who needs stuff. And um, where are the complaints when this man is stepping in to help watch her while we both unavailable? Because we got to work on these snow days, half days, and he available when he home. Mm-hmm. And he watching her and making her breakfast and making sure she got lunch until I get home. Where's the complaints then? Where's the complaints, you know, any other time when he's hoping to pick her up from school? Right. But you mad because he provided some financial assistance. And I said, whether regardless of whether it's her birthday or not, because you know what he actually hit me with? Well, I mean, you know how. Um, well, I guess this I understand now since you gave more detail. More detail what? Because you knew it was for her birthday, so make, that make it okay? And I told him, it don't matter whether it's her birthday or not. This is somebody who's in my life who provided something to her and takes care of her. Now, how would I look if I have some man sitting here doing for me and not doing for her? Right, right. That's not even fair. And then he's going to try and say, well, it's different with me having a wife. It's totally different because it's another man. He ain't trying to replace your position as her father. But clearly there's something in you and your feelings that you need to address. But is it because you're so used to me being all alone and only coming to you that because I don't have to come to you or didn't come to you, you can't handle another man being in my life to provide for her in addition to me? So is it complicated to adjust to, well, how would I even say this? Like, is it complicated to adjust to not necessarily needing a person in co-parenting? Like, because it's almost like you expect you expect the father to be there equally as you would considering that this is, you know, you two are the parents of this child. But Mm -hmm. like, does it get to a point as a parent where you realize like, I really didn't need you or I really don't need you as much as society would. But he's always complimented or praised me in the sense of not having to always come to him for what I need and just doing what I have. He's always said, because he's mentioned on a couple occasions in the past where on the times that I have needed him to provide or help me a little more, Mm -hmm. he said, yeah, I don't mind doing it because, you know, you kind of just do what you need to do when it comes to taking care of her. It's not like, you know how some, I, I don't know, some mothers come to the guy, I need this, I need that, I need this, I need that. I need you to provide the money to make sure they got all of this and all of that. Right. No, I do what I got to take care of. She need medicine, okay, I'll go ahead and do that. And she need clothes, i make sure she got clothes. She want to go on a field trip, do school pictures, I pay for that. You know, if there's certain things that I'm just falling short on, then that's when I'll go to him. Or if he asks me, you know, is there anything she need, then I'll tell him what she need. It's not like he don't know, but I'm just so used to it. If she need it, I just do it. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a matter of not wanting to tell him or not feeling he can do it. You know, some spaces he can't, but, you know, we make it happen and we do it the best we can. But to have an issue with somebody else, another man providing for her, why is that a problem? And I think at the end of the day, he kind of realized it's just 
it, it, it made no sense. His argument made no sense. Yeah, it, it was, was all it based was, on ego. Yeah, it was, it was based on... So my question to you being that you're, like, you're the parent. Like, when we say co-parent, since we're talking about issues within co-parenting, let's just define what co should be abbreviating when we say co-parent. Like, because I think there are so many areas that start with CO, like communicating. Coexist. Um, coexist. Um, we are talking about, you know, the things that actually matter once we decide to go our separate ways as parents. So, in the communication part, it's not so much that you're struggling to communicate the needs of the child. It's the issue of communicating with one another now that you ain't my nigga, I ain't your girl, and you got a girl, I got a guy. Mm-hmm. How do we keep the communication centered on what the true responsibility is? Because sometimes I think that gets jaded. Like, him coming to you and saying, well, I don't need no other nigga doing this, that, and the third, to some people would have been, he still got feelings for you. Or he's still connected to something that he failed you in your personal relationship. So is that like a, not necessarily what you're going through now, but is that a reality in dealing with co-parenting where you kind of like, like your strings pull like at your heart when you realizing, oh, here goes some dude that did something that I probably couldn't. Maybe he didn't get her the same amount of, well, not even the same amount, but maybe he didn't spend as much as the boyfriend did. But regardless, that's neither here nor there as long as she's being taken care of. It wasn't right. done in an intent to, it's not, nothing, and I had to tell him, it wasn't done until, well, this nigga ain't doing shit, he ain't there, he ain't providing, or let me stunt on this nigga and show you I can do better than that baby daddy and Right. No, that was nobody's thought process. It was simply her birthday coming up. She needs shoes for her birthday. I'm a provider with this money. Go ahead and get some shoes. You know, shoes ain't cheap. Right. Not no quality pair of shoes. You know. But I feel like your argument is empty. And then you want to convince me that it's different from your wife providing than it is from the guy that I'm dating. Mm-hmm. No. So what happens if I get married one day? You don't want him to take care of her. But it's okay for you to take care of your biological and non-biological children as if they're your own. Right. But the man of my life can't do the same. So do you think it's, it's morally that the two men haven't come together to actually introduce themselves? They've met before. No. They've so. met before. I mean, it was kind of in... It kind of just happened because... Um, he came over to get her, and the boyfriend walked through the door. You know, I don't even think I told him he was coming. No, I told him he was coming to get her, and he was still there when he got there. So that's how they ended up meeting. And they, it wasn't nothing. It was just, hey, quick shake of the hand, nice to meet you, and that was it. It was never, and he never came to me later and, and stated he had any issue with doing or nothing. Mm. So I don't know where it's coming from. It's, it's funny to like hear these types of situations only because it's like for me just being the guy on the outside I realize how important it is to men to some men to be the superhero 
in their children's mm-hmm. life. And it would mean a lot to me to know that, like, every time, you know, your son or daughter needed something that you were able to, mm-hmm. you know, come fast as a speed and bullet to, you know, service them in any way, shape, or form. But it's a handicap for men to actually acknowledge that they need help. You know right. what I'm saying? But I told him, I said, you're not a bad father. You're a good father. You're there. She know who you are. You take the time when you have the time to be there. Mm-hmm. And you help contribute when I don't have anyone to get her on certain days. Then you help me find someone who's available on your end, your people who can help me. Right. So it's not like you're not doing your job as a parent. And I told him that. But this argument that you have is just empty. And it's, right, right. it's a personal problem, really. <laughs> And that's how he left the call. Understand, it's a personal problem, and you need to essentially just get over it. So, has the boyfriend ever expressed any ill will or intent between the two of them? No, because you know, like sometimes men have a a subconscious understanding of other men, to where like you can kind of look at a nigga and tell, like, oh, he on that bullshit or nothing that I can recall. No, hmm. no, they don't talk about each other. They don't bring anything up to me, at least, anyway. He respects his position as a father, and then, I don't know. I think the only thing he's ever probably ever really said was, you know, if he, do he, is he going to get her this week? On certain weekends, he's like, you got her all the time where her daddy is. Oh, but I said he worked, you know, he be working. That's the only other thing that he's ever really said. But it was never like, I got a problem with that nigga. Oh, like, it yeah. was never like that. I just get it. You know, I just get that, that whole you know, egotistical, you know, macho, whatever you want to call it, attitude when, you know, you feel like another dude threatens your position. And maybe that was just the moment of him, like, realizing as a dad with all of the changes in his life, you know, pretty current wife, brand new baby, two additional children to the one that just got born, plus, you know, your daughter, like, did he come up slipping in that instance with some, you know, with certain things when it comes to your particular child or like just feeling like, well, why was he the first to know and not me? It's kind of like a, a ego thing. You know what I'm saying? Cause she with me all the time. Right. And he with me all the time. So he know he's there firsthand to see what she need. If she's predominantly in my care majority of the time. And I guess, yes, in a sense. And even then, before I even had somebody, I didn't always go to him first to say, she need this, she need that. I just got what she needed. And that's just the part that goes, you know, unnoticed because he probably just credited you for making it happen, not necessarily knowing that you had a support system. So that makes sense. So, like, we established that co-being communicate. And then you also said to coexist. Like... Has there ever been a point in your relationship where you almost was like, I wish I never fucking met you? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, because that sits in people. Absolutely. We had that point. (laughs) Man, what? You, come on. You, don't act like you don't know. (laughs) Don't act like you you don't know. This is just to help the listener. You know, okay, look. We have had those points. You know, I'm not going to go into detail about those points. But before, I think in most cases when it comes to something like this, you have those points of not seeing eye to eye before you can get to the point of 
being able to coexist together. Mm -hmm. Y'all gonna bump heads first because y'all gonna have differences and tempers are gonna get in the way either on both ends or one gonna be more upset than the other about something. But you have to go through that before you can start to see eye to eye. Not everybody's situation goes like that, and that's a blessing if nobody has, if those, you know, certain people don't have to go through that. But I think that when you are transitioning from the relationship being one type of way to being another, then there's going to be some feelings somewhere on one end or on both. And sometimes the hard part is to remove your personal feelings from the situation, which is hard to focus on the child. Right. I think on my end, I can do pretty decent with it and just, you know, whatever works. I don't have to talk to you on a personal level. Let's just, you know, do what's best for the child. Right. But then not everybody's able to do that. Because there is a such thing as the better baby mama. Just me being, you know, around the conversations of men who kind of have similar situations that's what i equate it to like Mm -hmm. you understand that this one is the better one Mm -hmm. like this one is the most efficient so it's a little bit more tension between the two because it's almost like you setting your standard for that particular one like you know that the other three or four to five to fifteen ain't shit but this one sets the standard so it tends to be a little bit more tense Mm -hmm. in response to this person saying something to you and then you like well nigga I've been holding this down what the fuck Mm -hmm. are you talking about or you know I've been doing this when there was no you you know to supplement so what are you talking about it's like you kind of get to that point where y'all trying to figure out each other's position despite the fact that we're not together and that's the battle Mm -hmm. you know does she still see me the same as being a provider now that I don't necessarily fuck with her no more mm-hmm. like those are the the issues which still never has anything to do with the child but very much becomes a part of the issues of you know coexisting with one another so that you can say I don't fuck with you no more but mm-hmm. I don't hate you you know what I'm saying right so but that's how I feel I mean I don't hate them and it's, it's more so I just keep my distance. I don't really go to him and tell him details of my life. You know, right. I don't feel compelled to have to tell him details of my life. Um, but if it gets to a certain point, like, yes, when things start to get more serious with somebody, then eventually you're going to know that somebody else is around and around your kid. Right, right. But I shouldn't have to divulge personal things. I'm just not there in our co-parenting relationship. We're not close friends we're not best friends so I don't need to divulge all of that to you I still respect you as a parent Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying and you're not my enemy but I just don't see myself like calling you up like hey how's life what's going on Right, ain't about to do that is there is there ever a point where the friendship between two people who used to be intimate can evolve in parenting when you dealing with like yeah like we're not enemies like I'm, and I don't want it to make it seem like we don't talk and have conversations right because like if we in the same space like for instance there was a time when we both were even if I were taking her to the ballet class he would come up there just to show support and be there so he right, would meet us right, up there right. you know as a parent we both sitting there in the little lobby waiting area and we talking you know okay. just random stuff you know but not get still me not getting too deep and 
sometimes I feel like he share more than I care to know. But you know, I right, think right. at the same time he just he's expressed to me before that he thinks that I give logical advice. So he likes to talk to me about certain things, which I don't have a problem with. But I'm just simply stating that outside of settings like that where we're together in a setting relating to the kid, mm-hmm. I don't just pick up the phone to chit chat. Right. And kick it. Because usually I think that, I don't even think that has anything to do with the parenting either. It's usually the person that the, you know, the male or the woman is in a relationship mm-hmm. with. Y'all shouldn't be talking that much. Like, what do y'all have to talk about that ain't, you know, involving the child? And it's kind of immature because if we can be, you know, platonic and have a fairly generic report with one another, it probably would make the two codes that we already touched on, which is the communication and the coexistence a lot easier. You know, um, you always hear people say like, I can't fuck with nobody with no kids that got kids or whatever, as if it's going to change the nature or the character of a person. I think the reason why people in general have that issue Well, I think when people say stuff like that, it has less to do with their character as a person and more to do with how much time they feel will be dedicated to them. Right, which which is (laughs) to the next code, which is convenience. (laughs) Like, the conveniences that come with, you know, having a person to yourself versus having a person Mm -hmm. who is obligated to put another life before yours. Mm -hmm. You know, that being the child versus the new person you're dating. Right. Um... It's hard for me because I know as an adult that I'm selfish about certain things. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of men are too. Like, I want what I want when I want it. You know, like, especially if it's something that I haven't gotten from you in a certain amount of time. So we start to feel like even as the person dealing with the woman that has a child, that you should have had child care in place. Mm Mm-hmm before it came time for you to bust it open for me or whatever it was <laughs> that you obligated yourself to. So convenience on both sides, being in a relationship and still having to co-parent, they both still want time from you. They mm-hmm. both still want certain attention from you. Like how does a situation why like co- that work? Why the other parent need attention from me? Because they still feel like, well, we got a responsibility that we have to take care of. If so. we ain't actively got a birthday party to put together <laughs> or a assembly to be at, I ain't got shit to do with you right now. You can go in your little corner for a number of days, weeks, months on end until it's time to communicate again. I don't need to talk to you every day. I don't want to talk to you every day. So typically convenience for the baby father when it comes to the mother is... He don't need no convenience. They just still trying to get in good or... Why? Hey, the better baby mama. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've always felt like, even as a man with no children, that like if I had to choose a woman to be with, to struggle with, and to deal with, Mm -hmm. it should be the person that I had to kill with. Because why would I want to deal with you while I'm dealing with another woman who probably don't have a kid that's going to want a kid and I done kind of somewhat sold you short or I did something to you that probably put us in the position that we're in and now you're seeing me correct my errors off your sacrifice. Like, 
that just in my mind makes me think like this would make her the problem like seeing me do better is because I fucked you over you know what I'm saying like you seeing me do exceptional now so you could write in your wrongs with the new with a new person and that would make me better that could not saying you per se. Uh, right, because but... I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> right your wrongs all day. I don't want that no more. Like, no. <laughs> so. <laughs> I get it. I get it. So, you know, we touched on communication, you know, being essentially the number one thing. Coexisting being just as significant, but probably the second thing. Then we talked about the convenience, like making yourself available to do the necessary things that would require you to be a good parent to the kid. But then we have to touch on contribution. What is fair in parenting when you're not together? Like what is reasonable in your eyes? Effort. I don't know. I don't have a certain percentage. I mean, you can say 50-50, but is it going to always work out that way? Right, right. Because my only thing is I do what I have to do and my mindset is not, well, let me see what this nigga going to do first. You know, no, she needed, it. I got it. Let me try to get it together or whatever. If I ain't got it, then, hey, I'm falling a little short. Can you just fill in them blanks? I got this amount. Can you give me that amount? Right. Or if I ain't got it all, then it's like, hey, if I know that I didn't came out on this, this, and this, then I'm about to call you and say, well, can you get this? Right, right. You know, it, it, I really just play it by, I don't know. But it's really not tit for tat with me. Like, right, real. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really not. But I try to make him or keep him informed about her needs and wants and all of those things so he can have a chance to be there. Okay. So, and I think in a sense he does the same. Like, when they go on their trips, family trips or whatever, like on their, her birthday last year, I think she was in Florida with them. I felt some type of way because I couldn't be there and I wasn't with her on her birthday, but... He felt kind of bad because he said, really, they weren't even thinking about that. They were just planning the trip for the kids to go to Disney World, Disneyland, um, for their little spring break. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened her birthday fell in the middle of that. So he, to make me feel better, was just sending me pictures all day, you know, and videos and stuff so I can fill apart. So it's kind of like we just try to keep each other informed and have open communication as best we can sometimes clearly it don't always work that way but i'm not gonna say he's a terrible person he's not but sometimes every once in a while we just got a bizarre ass issue yeah doesn't make sense and we don't really get to hear this side of parenting either because usually when you hear like the you know, baby mother, baby father conversation, right? Right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's sad because we have to also realize, even though this is not always the circumstance, but a lot of the issues that we have with people before we take on something extremely detailed to our responsibility, usually the shit that we be complaining about is stuff that we were probably supposed to be paying attention to before we was trying to get in the bed together. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, to me, when I hear dudes say, oh, you know, she a bitch and she this and she does this, she say that, she don't care about this, she don't care about that. It wasn't a newly created creature. So either you start fucking before you got to know this person. Know that person. Or... 
something trying changing your relationship to where you don't like this person no more and you think it's okay to right. start calling them that. It's almost like that. you didn't check, you didn't really like check into her in detail. And then on the flip, it could have been something that you probably triggered mm-hmm. to make her feel this way. And we don't really take a considerable amount of time to get to know people no more. It's like we all count down our biological clock and saying, look, time is running out. So mm-hmm. you just trying to skim over a person. But you know, relationships, I feel like there's no... Everybody... Everyone's relationship grows at a different pace. So what worked for one person may not work for the next person. Right. Some people do, I think, in most cases, some people really need to slow down and get to know each other better. And even in my own personal experiences, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes you rush into one area um, of a relationship before we've completely, you know, finished getting to know each other in another area. Yeah, but I still feel like relationships... Nobody can tell you at what point you all thoroughly know each other. Right. Because, I mean, even if... What if y'all around each other all day, every day, for like three, four months? That's a lot of time to really still get to know a person. Yeah, it is. Versus, you know, in that same amount of space, you talk to a person and see them here and there, maybe once every weekend. That's different. (laughs) <laughs> but then you have to, um, well, in my case, I remember being in a relationship where me and this person spent damn near every day together. Mm-hmm. And I also found out that that was probably prompted from an insecurity, like just wanting mm-hmm. to know what I was doing because you didn't have the desires to go out and, you know, express yourself in whatever yeah. kind of way that you wanted to um and I would I would wonder like you know why would she want to hang with me when I'm with the niggas doing nigga shit like Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying I didn't ever get it so I used to always think to myself like maybe it's because she don't have no friends so I would just like let her kind of linger and that ended up being the issue of like why we didn't make it is because we never really got the space to be our individual selves. Sometimes we we try to change for the relationship instead of learning how to coexist within a relationship. Learning to care about a person for who they are versus what you can try to extract from them or out of them. So I get that idea of just being like around a person for six months, you know, could teach you a lot. Mm-hmm. But, like, what are the lessons that you're actually trying to learn and then apply to where you will want to be with that person? Mm-hmm. You know, because, shit, I could be around you for six months and be like, damn, I want you to get the fuck on. Mm-hmm. Well, I think also in those same spaces, you have to acknowledge when it's time to take a break from each other, too. Oh, yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm not saying every, and that makes a lot of sense, but I don't think every situation is birthed out of the insecurity. Because um, that energy, also, though. Like when you when you think you in love, yeah, you putting up with some bullshit, like you know. (laughs) And I used to be that dude, like you know, I used to be in my mind thinking like I think I love her like that, and I don't want to like I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to hang with you know the (laughs) homies this one time because I feel like I'm missing out on her. But then it's just like. 
is that like insecurity speaking? Like no, you just that's don't just wanna... the initial honeymoon stage of getting to know somebody where everything just feels super good. And you still thriving off of the energy of getting to know, you know, somebody. But once time move along, then, you know, you have no problem saying, hey, I'll catch you in a couple hours, a <laughs> couple days. So what, did, I mean, so what does it feel like to know that you felt that way about a person and then they just end up simply being just baby daddy after so long? Like... You, you know that, okay, I really loved him. I really cared about him. He was the end-all, be-all, and now he's just, oh, that's just that nigga. I mean, well, for me, okay. I think that I didn't really like him as much as I thought I did. Wow. And then when I got pregnant, I actually found out I was pregnant around the time I actually wanted to be done with him. Wow. <laughs> so then it became, well, fuck. <laughs> Let's try to make it work. <laughs> right. But then it was just too much bullshit in that. And so I'm just, it got to a certain point where I just literally woke up one day and was like, you don't want this the fuck you doing? Right, right. Like literally woke up and it was like I was disgusted. I wasn't attracted to him anymore. I didn't even like when he kissed me. Even to get some, it's like, huh, I'm straight. Like, it was just... Right. And so, the transition was no problem because the attraction wasn't there anymore. And I knew, you know, one, I was like, I don't really like this nigga, for real. So, let me just focus on being a mother, and then from there, I'll figure out the rest as far as dating goes, and what I want, and need, and all that. So, that is a real part of a relationship, like, actually realizing that you know, the attraction may have just simply been a phase, but mm-hmm. it fizzles. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a, you know, a definite piece to, like, dating that you should give yourself room to find and out. And then, too, if a person's telling you, like, you cool, you alright, but I don't really know if I, oh, okay, well. Yeah, it, it's looked at but as then niggas playing games. You get up, but then when I tell you I'm straight, then you get upset. Oh, so you speaking on, like, the woman <laughs> telling the man that. I told him I was good because he kind of figured it out and he, I can remember one day he was just like, so you don't fuck with me no more, do you? Or you don't like me? I forget his word. And I was just like, I respect you as a father. You still going to be in her life. I was like, but it's just not what I want. So I'm good. But then from there, that's when all the bullshit and the attitude and all of that started to take place. And, you know. Because I think then it was just like, well, damn. But if you didn't want me and I was just all right, then where's all this heat coming from? Where all this energy that you're giving me? Hmm. I don't know, man. Like, (laughs) relationships are, like, very tricky. And you can't, you really can't assume that shit is, like, 100. Like, you got to really, you got to test the love that you that you a part of. Like, you gotta really, like, go through it and comb it and say, look, I'ma just see how she act if I say some bullshit or see how she Mm -hmm. act if I just do some little fuck shit like, in a joke and just see how she responds to it. Like, you really gotta get yourself room because in my situation where, you know, I had a kid but I lost the baby. Like, the whole pregnancy process Mm -hmm. was the worst shit I've ever been through. In my life, to to be a nigga that you know, and I'm just being honest, I didn't really have my shit together 
when she got pregnant. You know, working at Kmart, I think I had just transitioned from being like a cart guy to like working in the meat department. So that was merely on the fries. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I merely just made like an extra dollar twenty five. So that Not was the big bucks around the meat. Right. And I <laughs> that still was only like ten dollars a summer hour mm-hmm. back in them days. And so I remember we had argued all week long about because this is the days of catching the bus to see your girl. And nigga ain't had no time or no money. I, you know, I'm working. So she like, you know, you ain't caught the bus over here to see me. And I don't know how long. And uh, just arguing, arguing, arguing. I got sick of it. And so we got to the name calling portion of our relationship. And didn't talk for like three or four days. So I ended up going to work. And at this time, she got her first car. She had like a, I want to say like a white cougar or some shit like that. And I had seen her prior to this particular instance. Um, You know, she got the car. We somehow was around each other for her to let me know. But on this day when we was beefing, I was walking to work. And she literally drove right past me and knew it was me. (laughs) And I'm like, damn. Like, like that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I couldn't believe that this is what was happening. So, on that day, I'm like, I'm done. Like, you know, because even as a young dude, I wasn't really, like, I might have been like, what, 20, 21 or something Mm -hmm. like that. But even then, it was like, damn, if you can't even be there to take me literally 10 minutes, Mm because I literally stayed 10 minutes from the Kmart, Mm -hmm. driving at least. Yeah. So, I'm like, damn, if you couldn't even pick me up from where I was walking to, to take me to work, then we really don't fuck with each other like that. And so we broke up, and when we broke up, I'm just like, I'm done. I'm thinking, this is my... Is she still pregnant? No, I didn't know she was pregnant at this time. So I'm like, we good, you know. All right, you go your way, I go mine. And so I want to say a week and a half passed, and she called me. And as she's calling me, it's around the time I'm getting off. And I'm trying to figure out how I'm getting home, because, of course, no car. And it's raining outside. So I'm standing in the rain trying to cover my phone up to answer these calls that she keeps sending in back to back. Like, as soon as she calls and I don't answer, she hang up and call right back. So finally I answer, and I'm like, what the fuck do you want? Like, we done, you know? And she like, this ain't no call where we about to argue. Like, this serious. And I'm like, okay, what the fuck do you want? Like, the question still stands. Like, what do you want? And she was just like, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Because in my mind, like, I knew we had the whole pill. She on the pill conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, young nigga shit. We good. <laughs> she on the pill. So I'm going over there every chance I get to tear that up. Like, oh, so God. I'm like, yeah, nigga, pill, perfect. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like going over there and all of that shit. So I'm like, girl, get the fuck out of here. And, um... She was like, well, you at Kmart, go buy a pregnancy test and catch the bus over here, and I'll take it. So I'm like, damn, she for real. You know, so I'm standing there, and I was thinking at that very moment, like, okay, I need to man up and deal with this issue. Now I got to be with her, because 
I don't want, you know, I really don't want, you know, to grow up into this situation and be bitter about, you know, not completely having the opportunity to be in the kid life because she done wedged the the government into our situation or mm-hmm. all of these different things started like happening. So now I'm like wrapping my mind around being there with her. And mind you, I hadn't met her daddy at all at this time. Cause he was a, like, at this time he was a truck driver gone all the time. So I'm literally like fucking her while he gone. Mm-hmm. So like we had never crossed paths in the whole 14 to 17 months I've been dating her. So, um, the first time we actually met is that conversation where she's pregnant and I got to tell him, like, I'm going to take care of her and the baby. And the, the crazy shit was, I asked him that same day, like, I know that you're not going to be around to do all of the ripping and running to, you know, get things for her. So is it cool if I crash on your den floor just so I can attend to her needs and shit? And he was like, yeah, like, I mean, he was like, I, you know, I totally respect that. Like, I ain't 100%, you know, for no, you know, boyfriend living in my house like that. But in this particular instance, I understand why you asking. So I grant it. Mm-hmm. So I would like literally stay on the floor and her seeing me like willing to be there for her in that way kind of made us get along. Mm-hmm. But we never really worked on what made us like divide and go our separate ways which was the communication like being able to coexist with the fact that I got my certain friends and even though they my friends I still don't want my girl to be hanging around these type of niggas because I know how they get down so I gotta have certain limitations with certain friends and you have to be mature enough to understand that you can't know everybody that you know your significant other is dating because it's some crummy motherfuckers that we just love. You know what I'm saying? And these were all things that we really didn't understand. So now we're going through, you know, each trimester, doctor's appointments, and arguing. She not working. So when I decided that I was going to be there to try to help her with a lot of the things that she would have needed, she literally dumped everything on me. It was like, well, I need $20 for this. I need 100 for that. I need this. And I'm like, damn, girl, I'm working at Kmart making, right. you know, crumbs. So I'm mm. like, you not even really showing yet, but you ain't looking for no job. So I'm like, oh, what the wow. fuck? Why wasn't she working? I don't know. She and it never chose not to? Just chose not to. And it didn't kick in for real until maybe, I want to say six months. But now it's, like, too late. Like, what would you get a job for? Like, you literally about to go on maternity leave maybe a month and a half from now. So what would be the point of looking now? So we were just, like, arguing. And she and we went to the the very last um, ultrasound that we went to is when we found out the baby had the heart defect. Mm. And the thing that was crazy is because... Um, that's when I found out she was a girl, the whole little, you know, oh, it's a girl and her head big. So it's probably going to look like you because your head big. Like the doctor, the lady was like, kind of like mm-hmm. funny. So she telling me like, it looked like your head, nigga. <laughs> so she probably going to come out looking like you. Like, so we would like, you know, play around and shit. And um, she kept looking at the screen and she like, I see something. 
And so she'll leave out and she'll be like, I'll be right back. And I'm like, okay, I ain't tripping. She come back, look at it again, leave out again. So then she brings the doctor in and say the baby has um, what they call hyperplastic left heart syndrome. It's like where the left side is underdeveloped. Mm. So you would have thought that this situation where your daughter has this, you know, defect with her heart Mm -hmm. that we would have kind of got it together. Right. Communication would have been a little bit better. And it's just still young. We still young. And it just kept getting worse. And so not having the the decent job, not really having the benefits, I end up leaving Kmart at that point. It was literally maybe the fourth or fifth month into had to been the fifth month into our pregnancy. So of course I had a ninety day um trial period before the benefits kicked in, which was like borderline where she would be like delivering. Mm. So with her having this heart defect, they were like putting pressure on me to figure out, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to get the benefits? What are the benefits like? And all I can do is wait. Mm -hmm. I did everything I needed to do as far as like talking to the actual doctors. Like I'm in a tight situation. Baby has a heart defect and my benefits don't kick in until this day, which I'm kind of like, on the seesaw with it because she could have a baby beforehand mm. and you know it's like a whole lot of stuff going through my mind and they like don't worry about it because even if you don't get them until after the procedures we're still going to just bill you so mm. don't even worry about it and um I remember they went to some organization or they did something to where they came up with the idea of you know the young lady's father adopting my kid so that he can put my baby on his insurance mm-hmm. like totally stripping me wow. of you know my fatherly rights and that was like the most hurtful thing to like wow. I've ever experienced and so I was like so hurt by that situation that that totally destroyed our relationship so did they ask you if you was okay they never with that, asked they me they never asked me they just told me like one day I went up to because you know when she was born um inside of her stomach the baby had swallowed some of her poop mm. so they had to like rush her to the emergency room so that they can give her the C-section mm-hmm. to get her out or whatever so they can get it all out so um they mm. put her in the um the neonatal ICU and our tension was so bad that I would go see the baby on my own, like in the wee hours of the morning. Because mm. by this time, I have a car now. So, um, it's like 3 in the morning mm. when I'm going to see my baby. And one day, I go in the back to see the baby. And I'm like, you know, I'm looking for, you know, Kyla Jackson. I'm saying my last name. And they like, we don't have a Jackson baby back here. Right? And I'm like, what do you mean? You know... I'm under the impression my baby's last name is my own. And so I looked on the board and they have all of the rooms that the babies are in. And when you dealing with like having a baby in the ICU unit, you looking around you. So I'm getting to know all of the other kids in the same area. So I'm knowing little Chad and little Anthony Mm -hmm. and all of these different babies that's going through their own individual issues. But just so happened I seen her last name on the board. Oh. 
So I'm like, damn, she did me like like another. So not only did you get your right her, oh, wow. challenging me for my father rights, but nobody ever asked you how you they felt. Never, they just did it. They was just doing things. So did y'all ever have a conversation about the baby taking never, your name? Never. So what happened was, um, I blew up at that point about her putting her last name and didn't tell me. Like I, I mean, I really can't argue with you about that because. You the mother. So that's still something that should have been expressed, have been expressed to you, a conversation that right. should have taken place to say this is what we're doing and why we think it's best for my father right. to adopt the right. baby and then maybe even go as far to say when you get your benefits together then yeah, cause you that, can get the rights honestly, back or something. That's but to not say thought. anything and you just learning shit as you going along. That's not fair. That's not fair. And then I'm like hyper emotional. So that's almost like not even respecting your position. Right. And it was really awkward because um, at this time, I'm just like, damn, like she's just doing shit and she don't give a fuck about me. And here I am thinking that because I was there for her in a tough spot and I'm sleeping on the floor, working at a plant, then working another job, I'm not getting the best rest in the world because in the middle of the night you want McDonald's fries and a strawberry shake and mm -hmm. I'm getting up, you know. That's not oh, good right now. It was like <laughs> <laughs> But like I'm thinking that I've earned this respect mm -hmm. and then you doing this shit. And so that totally just like That's changed awful. like changed our relationship. And like I'm not even saying this because I wanna make her look bad. I'm just saying it because as young people we don't really like take the time to get to know the people that we have to deal with. Like sometimes you have to date a person long enough to th thoroughly know her whole mm -hmm. family because you don't know what kind of influences that she has from her family. Like that, you know, that whole idea of pushing me out the way is kind of like what black men feel yeah. in so many different areas when it comes to you know, being taken out of their positions when it comes to their child and, you know, the government kind of dictating how they get to spend time or how they get to be placed in a child's life. So yeah. that was my experience of feeling like I wasn't needed. And that made me interact with her totally fucked up. And we never got it right. So even after the baby passes away after 11 days, mm. that made us close again. Because it's like, we lost the kid. Mm -hmm. And here we are just like emotionally tied to each other, but really don't care for one another like that. You know, we just feeling obligated to be there for one another because we're going through these tough right. situations together. And that sometimes is the reason why we stick it out with crummy motherfuckers because, yeah. oh, look, we done been through so much and I done dealt with this and that for however many years. And it's like, that shit don't mean nothing. Y'all no. still don't love each other. Right. So, you know. Y'all trying to be decent. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to do trying. the right thing can cause hurt to somebody. Yeah. Because it's just not meant to be. And ever since those situations, I'm very meticulous about who I'm going to give that next seed to. Like, mm -hmm. every relationship I've been in after that one has always led to when we having a baby. And it's like, my nigga, 
Why do you think that we're... But you know, that's how it should be, though. When you deal with certain situations, and I've had my own share of fucked up situations, as you know, but it makes me very, even though I would like to have more kids one day, Mm -hmm. I'm very, very adamant i'm not doing that until i'm i have to be married that's the only way i can know because one i don't want i just simply don't want another baby daddy and two i just need to have a foolproof way of knowing you're not a shitty person yeah if i'm even on the verge or we engaged then you know it has to be at least an engagement or marriage before i can say i'm about to have your kid right and then too, you can't just say I have to be married. It has to be a healthy marriage. Absolutely. You know well, you already know if I'm married, it's gonna yeah. be because <laughs> no. that shit don't always work out either. But you know, and learning all of the things that I've learned over time, like I don't really want to have some shit that just look good. You know, like that relationship. Oh, y'all are so cute. Right. And we ain't really clicking. And ain't no substance at no all. No substance at all to it. Because you end up being in a situation where you think it just fits mm-hmm. because of its appearance and it don't really mean But you nothing. know, I think ultimately most will. I don't know. I think that when people get married, they they think that that's what they getting or striving to have a solid foundation on love. But they go about it in the wrong ways or seek it out in the wrong yeah. People. So you just have to be open and honest with yourself about what you want, what you don't want, what you're willing to accept, what you're not willing to accept. And understanding that compromise is not simply expecting a person to change an aspect of their character simply because you don't like it. But right. compromise, to me, in my opinion, is sometimes learning to just accept that a person is who they are and you mm-hmm. need to make that decision if yeah that's something you're willing to do or can do yeah. so I'm you know I'm definitely learning about you know some of those principles of that we would incorporate in co-parenting I'm learning how to do some of those things mm-hmm. on my own while you know I'm going through the process of dating you know exclusively mm-hmm. to some degree because, you know, just knowing what you're looking forward to mm-hmm. a lot of times saves you a lot of drama and heartbreak. Yes. You know, if you can see into this person before they get what they're trying to get out of the relationship, mm-hmm. you can pause and say, look, you're a little too much. Can't fuck with you on that level. Mm-hmm. Give it some more time. You know, just those, you know, precautions that are necessary to take. So um, I'm learning those things every day now because I know it's coming. Like, I know... With any woman you date, if if she has, you know, the potentials of coming from a big family or any type of circumstance where she around a lot of kids, of course she going to want some of her own. Yeah. So, you know, just working on those things daily so that we can have a full understanding of how to do that just in case we don't make it, you know, shit. But that turned into something, you, you know, and this smoke, it was <laughs> a little warm in here. <laughs> I mean, that really set me off. And then, of course, when I'm trying to make my way here, you know, the nigga that's sitting there, I'm trying to be here by a certain time. Right. He know what time I got to be here. Then he laid up in the bed, babe, make me a grilled cheese sandwich. You know I got to walk out the damn door and ain't even no more damn cheese in there. Would it go get me some Chinese food? I'm out. Bye. 
And then he's like, well, let me go to the store real quick. Make it quick. Hurry up. You gonna go pick it up for me? If you don't get the fuck out of here and grab what you need to come back in this damn house. God damn. Niggas. Just <laughs> niggas. I hear you. Well, shit. Let's light this shit up a little bit. <laughs> I see you got some books over here. What books are you reading over here? Oh, these poetry books. I like poetry. Nikki Giovanni. Now, I've always... Poetry, I guess, I used to look at, like, this shit don't make no sense. Like, as much as I love, what's that movie? Um, love Jones. Uh-huh. And, but when it came to, like, Nina's poem, I understand that shit. I wouldn't really rock with that. And right. so, what I like about Nikki Giovanni is, I feel like she writes in a way to where I can understand. And poetry isn't always about sounding all mystical and right, metaphoric metaf- yeah so it's, it's I like it because it's plain and it's simple and so I just have a Nikki Giovanni um it's called Blues for all the changes and then another book that I stumbled upon that I found online was uh, I didn't know Jill Scott had a book of poetry man fuck her Stop being bitter. <laughs> Man, that's the one that got away for a nigga, you know? As soon as a nigga finally get him a decent job and shit, she want to go and get married and shit. She not married? Not well, she going through that's the That's it. I mean, the reports that these niggas is getting back, saying how she be acting, you know, it makes me a little nervous, but... Maybe you need to just let that one go. Yeah, but not be bitter about yeah, it. she the one that got away from fucking, you know? But yeah, I, I didn't know she wrote anything either that she had published. Yeah. You know, she always used to drop her little poems and stuff and um, on the albums and whatnot. So, the moments, the minutes, and the hours, huh? Yeah. It's, it's been pretty straight. I haven't really read through it too much yet, but it sounds like it's pretty good. Yeah, I just, um, I kind of like go like back and forth between books because... I be having moments where certain books are just like overwhelming. Like, um, you got to break it up. Yeah, I definitely do. And don't feel, I mean, what I've been trying to do too, like I'll read two books at a time, one that is like a heavier book and then a lighter book to break it up in the middle, you know? Um, but I love books and I think my love for books is growing and growing. Um, I've of course, as you know, grew up in a house full of books. My mom has a library um, a collection of books, and I've run up reading a, a hundreds, hundreds of books over the years, and now I'm at a point where I'm, like, trying to grow my own mm-hmm. library, so, like, oh, I, <laughs> I bought, like, what was it? I went online to, like, um, what was that? Bookoutlet.com right. and then thriftbook.com, like, bargain books, and I, like, went on this splurge. I don't even want to say how much I spent on books, but yeah, I spent a couple hundred on books. Couple hundred? A couple hundred on books, so. So how many books was that total? 38 plus 27? You got damn near 50 plus books for $200? Yeah. That wasn't bad, though. Yeah. Damn. 24, 27 plus 38, something like that, yeah. Damn, that ain't Because I went through two, across two different websites and bought these books. And I wasn't even intending to spend that much on books. But um, I was just like, why not, you know? 
Yes. I had it at the time to do so, and I really wanted to do something for myself. Um, I usually, you know, when that tax time comes, then I always tell myself I'm going to spend just a couple hundred on something that I really, really right, want. Right. And books was that this time around. So, um, yeah. So, I'm a, I got a lot of reading to do. Hell yeah, for $200. <laughs> Um, listeners, if you guys have any books um, that you're reading at all by chance, whether it be poetry, literature, or whatever, um, definitely live tweet us at Our Two Cents Pod whenever you tweet and let us know what you're currently reading. Um, we definitely have certain suggestions that we will be um, posting throughout our social media on Instagram, just telling you guys what we're reading. We'll definitely snap a um, picture of the two books that she may mention of the blues for all of for all the changes by Nikki Giovanni and the moments, the minutes and the hours, the poetry of Jill Scott will definitely snap those pictures and post those up when the show does come out. So any of you guys that are readers, definitely let us know what you are personally reading. The one book that I will say that I have been um kinda in and out of is a book called The Man Interrupted. I'm going to look up the author now because I don't have the book on me, so I can't really tell you exactly who wrote it. So give me a second to look this. It is by Nikita Kulumbe and Philip Zimbardo. Uh, Man Interrupted, Why Young Men Are Struggling and What We Can Do About It. Um, it's a heavy read, something that you have to definitely digest in dosages. You can't like just, well, some people can. They can just like comb through a clean 200 pages in three days. But mm-hmm. like depending on like how you respond to what you're reading, like when when it feels like the book is talking directly to you and telling you about how, you know, challenged or just plain old fucked up you are. You know, sometimes you have to like sit it down and kind of digest what you just read or what you were just told about yourself. And I'm just in this process of trying to like detox my masculinity, not be so tough and not be so um, non-responsive to things that definitely require attention in my household, my community, um, you know, just in general with people around me. So that's the one that I'm definitely reading. I definitely post that one up as well so just get with us on whatever you're reading let us know what you're into at the current moment this was definitely a off the like topic type conversation for us because we definitely didn't have anything this um this serious or heavy to talk about we definitely had like two other subjects that were like way lighter than this so i'm kind of mm-hmm. glad that we were able to touch on things that people are actually going through like Parenting is very hard. I don't doubt that it's hard for both parents involved. Um, we also need to change the conversation of family because we have more blended families than ever. Right. And so always talking about family life in the sense of the two-parent home and the, the two kids or the right. two biological kids, not saying those don't exist, but those are very, very rare. Mm-hmm. And so there needs to be more conversation surrounding blended families how they work how people make them work transitions issues that you tend to have you know we don't talk enough about 
right. co-parenting and just blended families in right. general. I definitely agree with that. You know, I come I come from like a household where I didn't personally, you know, grow up living in in the house with my dad, but I had like a multitude of father figures. Mm-hmm. Like your neighbors were definitely responsible for telling you, you know, get your ass out the street. Right. And you know, like I grew up in that community of parents where you know your neighbors, you called your neighbors grandma. Like I yeah. had a lady that I called Nana, you know, growing up, didn't even realize that it was an abbreviation, you know, for a title that she earned in my life. I just mm. thought that that was her name growing up. Wow. So, um, yeah, like I come from that era. So, um, we definitely can talk about, you know, putting things in, in proper perspective because there is a thing of supplementation too that we don't actually give credit to whether you want to give it to God or, you know, just the person directly. But we look at not having our fathers or even not having our mothers. And then we totally discount the fact that auntie and grandma stepped up and and really gave you a life that you probably wouldn't have had had not it been for them. So it's definitely a, a lot of conversation that we can have about the family dynamic. So just keep, you know, tuning in and, you know, interacting with us because we're definitely going to try to change the conversation and give a little bit more perspective to how we look at family. Um, Again, follow me on all social media at DergoBJ, D-E-R-G-O-B-J on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Follow the show at Our Two Cents Pod on Twitter and on uh, Instagram, and we have a Facebook page. We'll just look for the the, the tightest logo that you're going <laughs> to see because there's a few others, but I want to definitely say we're probably the most creative and the most colorful. And then, you know, also follow Mona Lisa at M-O-H-N-A-L-Y-S-S-A-A. Thanks again for tuning in to our show. This has been another episode See y'all in two more weeks. Till next time.